0: The Lady Rebels are ranked number 23 in the country. For the first time since 1994, the UNLV women's basketball team is in the top 25. They are 24-2, 14-0. It only
1: took 15 straight wins. <laughs> it's all took
0: to get ranked. But they are in the top 25 and in the unfortunate position of if they lose a game, they are immediately out of the top 25. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no matter what. What? Um I do think perception wise being ranked is gonna help them get in if they don't win the
1: Mountain West tournament. Oh, I totally agree. If they if, if they, they keep going and if they only lose well look, if they only lose in the conference tournament final, they're gonna be ranked the rest of the year. Right. So if they would only lose that game but be I don't know, in the twenties or the teens at that point right. if you keep winning. Yeah. Um then I think they get in. Yes,
0: I do too. Even if their net ranking and everything, their strength of schedule is pretty low. I still think that the, the perception of being ranked will help them a lot. Yeah. If they're ranked going into the Mountain West Tournament, I think it will help them quite a bit. They host San Jose State on Thursday. San Jose State women's basketball this year is 3-21. and Are you telling me they're winning the conference outright <laughs> on Thursday? There are three teams in the Mountain West with one conference win so far this year. San Jose State. They just. This they just is why just there's no lost. outlarges
1: in for right. the last
0: ten years out of this league. Well, it's actually so UNLV's fourteen and O, and then it's I think it's three teams are all like ten and four. So there's there's UNLV, and then there's three good teams, and then there's there's a little bit of a middle class, and then there's just three the worst Horrible programs teams. in the country at the bottom there. And UNLV plays one on Thursday, so they should. Win Win it outright. And get to 15-0, and and it would give them the outright Mountain West title. I'm about to install Tinder. I'm so thirsty. The Mavericks lost to the Wolves 124-121 last night. Fun stat. The Mavs are 0-2 with Kyrie and Luka both active and playing. Kyrie had 36 last night. He scored, I think, 26 of those in the fourth quarter. Luka had 30. Um, they had, did you see their last possession?
1: No, David was talking about so, it.
0: So down three tie game, Luca and Kyrie passed it to each other like five times. Like they could not like get who, open.
1: Who wanted to take the shot?
0: Well, they said, they, yeah, they set a ball screen and, and didn't get open. And then they just passed it back and forth because they both would try to dribble and get a shot off. But Minnesota's defense was so good. Neither one could actually get a shot off and ended up as like a loose ball. Didn't even get the shot off.
1: Isn't what everyone said when he went there and what we're seeing right now is they're no good defensively? They're terrible. So the two games they've played with Luka and Kyrie active, their defensive rating
0: is 125.4. The context to that is the worst defense in the NBA is the Spurs this year. Their defensive rating is 120.
1: Okay, so they're terrible defensively. They're,
0: They're five points per 100 possessions worse than the worst defense in the league over the last two games. Now... Maybe you can give them a little bit of a break because it's the first time they've played together and they'll get better as it goes. But I don't think they're going from you're the worst defense in the league to you're a top 10 defense, which is probably what they'll need to be if they're legitimately going to win anything. So this team is there. I'll say this. I think I want to watch every single Mavericks playoff game because there's going to be a lot of points. Turnstile,
2: turnstile. 138,
0: 132. It's going to be a lot of fun, but I don't know if they're winning very much in uh, and, and, and I, I understand the question also last night Kyrie Irving afterwards asked the media not to ask about his future he said it puts on oh, terms of he's going to sign the extension it puts unwarranted distractions on us and our team okay so for most players for most players You're going to get asked about it. If you're an impending free agent, you're going to get asked about it throughout the course of a season. Now, if you're with the same team for the whole year, you'll get asked about it early and then it probably goes away until you get to the end of the season. Right. But the funniest part about Kyrie Irving asking the media not to ask him about his future and his upcoming potential extension or not extension, he just demanded a trade out of Brooklyn because they wouldn't give him an extension long-term extension literally his future is the his uncertainty in his future is the only reason he's in Dallas right and he might leave he might not be in Dallas if he doesn't sign an extension there that should be like every question ever asked to Kyrie
1: Irving until he's either signed an extension or says or says something like I'm not I'm I'm not signed an extension or I'm not talking about it right you can still ask him about it like that's the that's
0: sure they're, good. they're a playoff level team that's important but like the most relevant thing about Kyrie
2: Irving is are you sticking around for more than a couple months here does Kyrie Irving like basketball like I genuinely like think about this because at one point he was taking days and like days off to go to like birthday parties and he's always like don't ask me about my future dude we don't know if you even want to be here now next question
0: uh, I also have a beef here with the entire Brooklyn Nets organization because uh, Cam Cam Thomas has been benched. Our he guy. has not started the last two games. Um the previous game he only got 18 minutes he still scored 14. Uh last night he got 20 minutes, didn't have a good shooting night, scored 7. Uh the Nets are 0 and 2 since benching Cam Thomas. So, I th- mean this guy you- this guy got a few starts because Kyrie Irving got traded and Kevin Durant was hurt. And Scored 40 in three straight games. He had a bad game and scored 20 after that. And then they immediately bench him so that Spencer Dinwiddie and uh, Bridges and who am I forgetting? Cam Johnson can all play instead of him.
1: Those aren't our guys. Come on! Where's our Cam, guys, Thomas? Cam Thomas?
0: You got some good role players, but let your star shine. Ah! It's going to be the best. So I'm very disappointed that our guy, Cam Thomas, has been benched. Hopefully the Nets get it together and let Cam Thomas be the superstar that he is they're going to be in the playoffs and cam thomas better be taking all the shots
3: great question thank you
0: the colts have hired eagles offensive coordinator shane Steichen oh, to be their you
1: quarterback you just wrote a story about I it i do all those former rebels loving him and saying this is what he needed to do and he's going to be a great head coach and wish him the best
0: i heard jim ursay read
2: the review journal and decided to make <laughs> yeah, the hire exactly. So this guy didn't have to go, like, an 18-hour meeting no, with no, he was with in the no Super Bowl. bathroom breaks? No, he was in
0: the Super Bowl. Jim Irsay was like, oh, I like that guy. Do, I'll be completely honest. It would not surprise me if Jim Ursay was in Las Vegas and happened to pick up the Review Journal and was like, I like this
2: Steichen guy. Steichen guy. Calls his GM and his GM is like, yeah, we interviewed him, like, three times already. He's, he's like, well, in, let's hire him. He's in the bathroom reading the Review Journal. <laughs> um, The most impressive part of the off
0: the, the already the executive of the year should already be Chris Ballard the Colts general manager because he managed to convince Jim Ursay to not hire Jeff Saturday I yes. don't, I, I don't, don't have know how yeah, he did it I they don't have a quarterback the Colts might suck next year don't care about any of that he deserves executive yeah. of the year he could blow all his draft picks that was the most difficult thing to pull off this offseason and he did I don't know if Shane Steichen's gonna be good that guy he might suck too but we know he's not Jeff Saturday. So good job, Chris Ballard. That's the executive of the year. That's a great, great question. Did either of you think this was as weird as I did? Before the Super Bowl, we get the report that comes out from Adam Schefter that the Eagles had hired Vic Fangio for two weeks yeah. just to help them get ready yeah. for the Super Bowl. To get ahead ready for the Chiefs. He's the Dolphins' defensive coordinator yeah. now. The Dolphins hired him, but they, he was like, hold on, Miami. The Eagles have uh, contracted me for two weeks. I'm a, you know, headhunter, basically. Got me for two weeks to go with the Eagles.
1: Is that weird? He's well thought of. <gasps> when you're hiring the guy for two weeks. <laughs> it didn't help. It didn't. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Did, did Fangio have anything to say in the second half? No, he must have Was been he, in Miami. Where is he? He's, he's already flying. And he's already in a plane in the second half.
2: You hurt, Mahomes? Oh, well, I, there's nothing more you can do. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> like... I actually I actually kind of love that the Eagles did that like yeah of course just you're playing in the Super Bowl you have two weeks go hire whoever the hell you can to help you but like has that happened before that seems so no, strange to me no. and it just kind of got just got that reported you go on out, that you'd to, go outside your you coach get a app? consultant right I don't know it's very very strange that they were like yeah uh, we know you're supposed to be in Miami right now but uh, come if help us win the Super Bowl if please. I'm the
1: DC I'm like wait a minute <laughs> Why is this guy running meetings?
0: If, I know they lost, if the Eagles had won, does Fangio get a ring?
1: That would be awesome. When they played Miami, had like a special halftime ceremony.
2: Vic, come on out
1: here. We've got your ring. Just goes jogging across the
2: field. (laughs) Takes his ring. Thanks, guys. Thanks. If they had won,
0: the best part would be if they had won, you know, 41 to 38 and he got a ring. Like, yeah, his defensive he help they, did nothing. They
1: stunk, and Patrick Mahomes scored every time he touched the right. ball in the second half.
0: But Hertz just happened to get one more touchdown, and he said, yeah, thanks for that ring. I really yeah. helped you guys out there.
2: <laughs> no, great great question.
0: Taylor Heineke um, maybe gave one of the best quotes you can give as a quarterback. He said, I want to start, but being a backup quarterback in the NFL is probably one of the best jobs in America. <laughs> Hey, he's made some, he's made a little money. Did he a little money? I did not, I was not aware of this. He has made seven million dollars I mean, in his career. If he's, if he saved it, he's fine. I, I, like, I feel, I, why do I feel like Taylor Heineke was like an undrafted rookie from like the 2021 draft class? He's been in the NFL for like six seasons. Yeah, that, that seems long for him, right? <laughs> he's made seven million dollars doing that, and
1: now he's a free agent. But he's right. What is what better job Future is we've Raider. Talked, we've talked about this. Well, you the best job in sports. Are these, I, I the, think are these yours two? is better. You're yeah.
0: what 125th ranked golfer in the world.
1: You just get to play golf your life and nobody bugs you.
0: Right, and it's like if you're making money. Right, and like you get because here's here's the thing. People enjoy playing their sport. Yeah. So if you're the backup quarterback, you don't you're not playing play. at all, you're just practicing during the week. But if you're the hundred and something ranked golfer, you get to play every week. Yeah. You're never on TV. You're never no. on the featured
2: group that I see on ESPN Plus. So when you dink it into the lake, no one knows right. about it. You're right. like, oh so like better you, text my wife, no, do not remodel the kitchen.
0: You get to play the sport. Yeah. Without any scrutiny. Backup quarterback, it's still good, but you don't actually get to play. You're just always on the sideline, right. and and when you do have to play, it's oblique. Until the starters bench for the last two games because are going to release them, and then you get to play a
1: couple it games. Happens. It happens. Not
0: a big deal. All right, coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, we'll get into the NBA and what happened with Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets.
2: Lillard working on Reeves. Lillard drives the ball. Step back now. Left wing. Three is good. 1.5 seconds remaining in the half. Damian Lillard. Unbelievable. Grainy and Bischoff are back on the press box.
0: All right. Earlier in the show, I told you that uh, Valentine's Day not a big deal.
1: I think, well, it's not a big deal to you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I think I'm gonna have to end up. We're gonna end up buying Valentine's Day presents because I got a text message during the break that my fiance's favorite or second favorite member of BTS is going on tour. Like solo by himself. Yeah,
1: they're breaking off like the old One Direction boys.
0: Well, they have Aren't to they? go. They have to go into the military. Yeah, a bunch
2: of them have military service. All coming of them up. do. They well, all have they...
0: to go into the military. Um, but you don't have to go in until you hit a certain age or something like that so this only kids' younger there's only one that's actually in the military actually this is one of the older ones so yeah. I think this is gonna be like the oldest one I think is like 29 yeah this is gonna you have to do it before you're 30. I think he's what the one who's going on tour is one of the older ones so I'm guessing he's like I'm gonna do a little tour before I go into the, the military. military um so yeah but probably gonna end up having to buy tickets to go to either la or Oakland to see this concert
1: think, when are the tickets on sale
0: I have Day? no idea. I just saw the the dates of them during the break, but I do not know when they're on sale. So yeah, eh, that'll be
2: fun. Think about you're in a unit, and then like you look over, and Justin Bieber's there. <laughs> like you're it, you're walking through like a war-torn area, and you're like, oh god, we're all gonna die.
0: <laughs> I Jared, I saw a video that I can't remember the name of the one that's actually in the military right now. But of the one of these kids, yeah, one of the members of BTS has already uh, started his whatever you call it. Um, He won a talent show though in the military. (laughs) Well, I hope so.
1: Can you imagine beating that? I've been
2: practicing the tuba. But he
0: he did it. But he got like three or four other guys to dance with him. So like his little group did it. So like he taught. He was like, yeah, come here. I'm going to teach you guys how to do this dance or something. And then they won a little talent show in the military. But yes, you are Stand you guys, on top of things. If if I was somebody else who like was like, Oh, I'm just an average guy who has a kind of cool talent, I'd be like, Oh, come on. He shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> if ridiculous. anything he should be judging,
2: right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh
0: we so, know he has talent. <laughs> uh what's actually fun though is uh the Astros play in Anaheim the same day as one of these concerts. Oh, double dip. So yeah, I'm gonna have to try to make that work. It's on a Wednesday, so I will not see you guys that day. Double dip. Yeah, but that'll be the plan. So and we'll get you a Comrex unit. I'm not doing it. (laughs) I got to drive there. I'm not talking to you guys. Um, So yeah, there's a happy Valentine's Day to me. Uh, So ESPN (laughs) to you. Yeah, whatever. ESPN had a story on Kevin Durant and the trade that got him out of Brooklyn to Phoenix, and what I thought was a fascinating detail here. Is 24 hours after Kyrie Irving was traded, Kevin Durant and his agent went and talked to the Nets and they asked to be traded. The story made it very clear he did not demand a trade. This was they made it very clear this was not, hey, get me the hell out of here. They made it very clear that this was, hey, I'd like to be traded if you could. And specifically, Kevin Durant asked to only be traded to Phoenix. So he didn't want to go to Denver, Dallas, anywhere else. LA. Specifically wanted to go. To Phoenix. And so what that led to is the Brooklyn Nets didn't talk to any other teams about trading away Kevin Durant.
1: Well, it goes to show you who they liked better because Kyrie only wanted to go to the Lakers and then the only people they didn't talk to were the Lakers. <laughs> well, they did talk to him. They
0: just did kept it? asking for things.
2: <laughs> hey, what about that Bron guy? Yeah, that
0: <laughs> Rui Hachimura. You guys can't actually trade him yet. It's, it's against NBA rules, but we're going to need him. So figure <laughs> out how to make that work. That's what they asked for. So I think that is a great point. Just the simple respect level.
1: Between the two. Right.
0: They sent one to an unpreferred destination. They sent another one to exactly
1: where he wanted to go. He walked in and
0: said, hey, I only want to go to Phoenix if you can make it work. And they said, we'll make it work, Kevin. (laughs) We'll trade you away and we'll make it work. If you're the Nets in that scenario, though. Do you ask, do you tell any other team? Or do you sort of do right by Kevin I mean, Durant and only talk to the Phoenix
1: Suns? Personally, I might ask who else is out there and what they might give for him. I mean, you got to look out for yourself as well, but this is the ultimate sign of respect for him. This is the ultimate sign of respect for Kevin Durant and what they had for him when they didn't ask anyone else. Because normally, I'd say, oh, well, you got to talk to
0: other teams. You gotta go ask. You gotta at least ask. Right. Like who would give up Rudy Hodgchamur? But the Nets got back four first round picks, completely unprotected to Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder. They got four picks and three Ooh, Jay Crowder NBA, you know, good players, guys good enough to push Cam <laughs> Thomas out of the lineup. <laughs> Where's
1: Danny? Jesus. Where's Danny? The so, right and then the they board. flipped
0: and then they flipped Crowder. So I don't know if they're getting more than that from another team. I don't know.
1: It's Kevin Durant.
0: It is. But again, four firsts and then Mikhail Bridges and uh, Cam Johnson, who are both good players, and then they flip Jay Crowder for five second round.
1: Picks. Five second rounders. We saw that. Right.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you're getting more than that. Maybe, maybe somebody would have said, we'll throw enough. I don't even know if, can you trade a fifth first round pick? You have to have five
1: first round picks, but it it's not like the Nets got ripped off. It's not like, no, no, this was not, this was not, Hey, one team won the trade by like a million points. Right. No, it wasn't like that.
0: So while normally I'd be like, yeah, you've got to at least ask other teams. I feel like the Nets still did really well and
1: maybe got the best deal they ever would have gotten. Trying to trade away. Kevin you see Durant. Phoenix when the phone call came in. Hello, <laughs> he wants to come, and this is the only place. What do you give us? And it's interesting. I wonder if the Suns knew they were the only destination and the only people they were talking to because that is a pretty good haul. Because yeah. the leverage is with
2: the Suns. Is like that, well, yes. I think so. <laughs> That is actually a good question. The a Suns executive reading ESPN, just like what? No. <laughs> they didn't talk to they anybody else. They kept hanging up halfway through, going, "That's not good enough." <laughs> so,
0: okay, that's the other interesting part because if you remember, Durant in the summer has to be traded, right? And the Nets said
1: no. And I think at that point it was Phoenix as well,
0: right? And it was all like that was always the reporting that he wanted to go to Phoenix. There might have been another team or two that he was interested in at the time, but. Phoenix was always on there. So I have to imagine, like, I can't imagine it took the Suns by complete surprise that, Hey, you know, would you be interested? Kevin Durant wants to come to Phoenix. But I do think you guys hit on the thing on the right point there. If you're Brooklyn and you call Phoenix, you got to bluff and make it sound like there's another team or two involved. Hold on. I got the Lakers on the other line. (laughs) You might give us Rui Hachimura. (laughs) (laughs) Plus four first round picks. So like, that I think is key. The other interesting part of that story, though, is both teams and player and agent kept it completely quiet until it happened. That there was not not one party leaked well, out. Well, the fewer there, teams you deal with,
1: right. The better not, chance you have of nobody talks about it.
0: Not one party leaked out, hey, the Nets are talking to the Suns about trading Kevin Durant. Which um is, I would say, probably kind of rare in professional sports these days. But also, like if you look at it, Kevin Durant would have had no reason to leak that because then it looks like Kevin Durant's forcing his way out. The Suns would have had no reason to leak that because they wouldn't want want any other other teams teams involved. So really, the only side that would have leaked it would have been the Brooklyn Nets. And it would have probably been to their advantage because if I'm an NBA team and ICO, the Suns are available. I'm calling the Nets and saying, so what do you want exactly? We can... Try to make that work. Um, So a quiet trade. Kevin Durant didn't demand it. He just wanted to go to Phoenix. And the Nets kind of honored that by only talking to Phoenix. It's very, I'll put it this way. A very, like, admirable trade situation in sports where we don't really see many admirable right, situations. Right. Where normally there's at least one guy that's an ass. Yes. <laughs> in this <laughs> one scenario. One side. Right. In this scenario, it looks like everybody was kind of like, yeah, okay. That we'll we'll figure this out for you. We'll be nice to each other. We'll we'll find something that works.
2: I just am imagining Kevin Durant kind of like knocking on the door that's already open and being like, "Hey, remember how in the summer we were talking (laughs) about like me going to Phoenix? (laughs) Any like update on that? (laughs) Can I do that?
0: (laughs) Coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, Charles McDonald joins the show.
3: Eric Biehnemy's been tremendous for us and. I think is tremendous for the National Football League and hoping he has an opportunity to go somewhere and and you know do his thing where he, he can run the show and, and be Eric Bianami.
2: Yahoo Sports Charles McDonald joins the show. Follow him at 4 verts on Twitter.
0: It was a long season for Charles defending the underrated Patrick Mahomes. Do you feel like you won the Super Bowl as well after Mahomes did?
3: I a like won the Super Bowl. You know what? I felt like I won the Super Bowl while the Super Bowl was going on. Uh, <laughs> because I, I was I was at the game, my first Super Bowl that I ever covered and we were sitting in the uh we were sitting basically in the uh the Eagles end zone Eagles end zone side of the field. All uh, right. And it was my first time seeing Mahomes in person. And I gotta say I think I might have even underrated him uh, <laughs> based on, on how I felt about him. Like, I've never seen anyone more in control of playing quarterback, uh, like, ever. Uh, and I feel like I've seen some pretty good quarterback seasons. You know, I've I've seen uh, at least three MVP plays during this season. I saw Matt Ryan in 2016, Lamar in 2019, and Mahomes this year. And what Mahomes was doing was just, it, it's on a different level. Uh like the way he's able to manipulate coverages, throw across his body, and have it just be a perfect throw. Like to to, to be able to kind of see it from from his vantage point to a degree, uh, especially like when when we were at the back of Chiefs offense and they're marching down the other way, uh, it was insane. And like I have I I kept tweeting like that I was in awe of watching this guy, and people were like, well, what about Jalen Hurts? Why are you tweeting about Jalen Hurts? I'm like, well, because. Jalen Hurts is doing things I haven't seen before, like in in person at least. So, uh, I I would say that I ended up underrating Mahomes. He's not just like the best <laughs> football player we have right now; he's the best football player ever. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how I can how I can escalate it from there, but I will, so that I can keep running with the best worst take of all time uh, that that continues to have some traction. I don't know how uh, if you look at. Uh, Patrick Mahomes' wiki page. It's utterly ridiculous that these words have ever even been uttered at any point in time. But I'm I'm going to figure out a way to adjust the take where I can run with it for 2023 too.
0: I can't wait for whatever the NFL top 100 whatever list comes out that has like Justin Jefferson one and Mahomes two. I can't I can't wait oh, for that. Charles, and I'm back
3: in. I'm back in <laughs> if that happens. Like I'm I'm so back in because uh, there's no one better. There's just there's just simply no one better. And you know the crazy thing is. One of the things that that drives me insane is when people go, "Oh, well, you know, he just has a nice supporting cast." What supporting cast? It's Travis Kelsey and a bunch of guys out there. <laughs> like I know the offensive line uh, is pretty solid, but they're not like they're not as good as the Eagles' offensive line. Uh, and they they don't have an AJ Brown or Devonta Smith out there at wideout. Like it, it obviously it helps having like, someone as good as Travis Kelsey, but uh, to me, like it, the people who are making the supporting cast arguments for Mahomes are just they're lost, man. You, you, you're you're lost, and you don't want to appreciate what you're watching, which is crazy because he's only 27. So what are you going to do? Just hate the next 15 years of football? Embrace it.
1: As a football fan, did you want Jalen Hurts with 149 on the clock coming down to try to tie it or win it?
3: Oh, of course. I mean, look, I I I honestly I don't think that the call at the end of the game um, on Bradbury was was a bad call. Uh, I was honestly kind of surprised like when I got up, got back on Twitter, uh, to see, you know, people be so upset at the call, but I, I, I think that's just more about like the moment in which it happened because it, 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 it was a pretty anticlimactic ending for, for how, for how great that game was. Uh, and of course, like I, I, I am someone who never wants to see these games come down to kicks like ever. Uh, like to me, uh, the best spot for for a football fan to be in is a team needs to drive the length of the field and they're down four. You know, you you, you can't get a field goal in there. You can't just let you know these guys that played three plays a game come in and and decide what what happens at the end. So yeah, that that sucks. But I I didn't think the call itself was was really all that bad. I, I but I do understand people being like, man, that's a crappy time to get a penalty like that. But You know, to me, the debate on whether it was a bad call ended or not when, uh, you know, James Bradbury himself said, I tried to get away with the holes. They called it. And, you know, that's kind of the end of the game. Uh, You know, I I did appreciate, though, you had some gamesmanship at the end there where uh, Jared McKinnon had a chance to, to, you know, be the, the superhero and score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. But, now he decided to slide at the one-yard line. Uh, Patrick Mahomes with Eric the Enemy <laughs> basically drilled that into them all week. Uh, he kept yelling at them during the game to uh, to, to fall down if you, found, if you found yourself in a scenario like that. So uh, that was kind of cool. But, yeah, I would have much rather seen Jalen Hurts in, like, a do-or-die situation with all the people who have said, oh, he can't throw the ball, to have to throw the ball with, you know, uh, a, a two minutes left of the clock and everyone knows that you're trying to throw
0: were you more impressed with what Hertz did with his arm or how well Kansas city took away Philly's uh, running offense?
3: Um, I, I, I'm impressed that Hertz was able to generate stuff on the ground with how good, uh, uh, the Kansas city had stopped the rest of the run game. You know, cause if you, if you go back, and you look at the stat sheet really for the whole game, it, it was just to Jalen and show. And, and obviously what he did was, as a passer was impressive. Um, but to me, like being able to carry a run game while also throwing the ball, uh, I, I kind of feel like people don't always get like the the physical toll that throwing the football forty times in a game can have on you, and then also uh, throwing and also being able to run the ball. I think it was like fifteen times, all those quarterback sneaks, uh, three touchdowns. I mean, to me, that that was it's kind of like an Ironman performance where. You know, in all facets of the Eagles' offense, Jalen Hurts had to do the heavy lifting. And to me, like obviously the 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 throwing was was able to get them down into the red zone, but to me, to be able to 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 finish that off, and also with a two point conversion where he's basically using his body as a battery ram at the goal line, uh, that that was some it, it was it was some gutsy performance stuff. You know, because because in order for Jalen Hurts and the Eagles to to keep up a Holmes, you needed a performance like that in all facets. So, you know, shout out to him. He's going to get paid big time, uh, probably very soon, because uh, if you guys remember, he was a second-round pick, so he doesn't have to fit the fifth-year option on his deal, which means uh, the Eagles basically have to pay him, like, now or so, uh, around now, uh, to lock him up for uh, their future. And, and from all accounts, he's going to be a close to a $50 million per year quarterback, which is, I don't think anyone saw that coming when we watched him play at Alabama, especially. Aaron
0: Rodgers walks out of his darkness retreat and says what? Oh
3: brother! Um, <laughs> uh, Aaron Rodgers comes out and he just he says something that's so intelligible that uh, it doesn't make any sense. Because guess what? You're not supposed to lock yourself in a dark hole for four days and just, <laughs> and just trip like some of the hardest hallucinogens known to man. Like sitting in a dark hole and like like doing prison cosplay while someone feeds you DMP DMT and like. Like, baked chicken makes no sense. Like, I, I really don't understand what Aaron Rodgers is doing here. Like, if, if Aaron Rodgers can come out of his darkness retreat and do the Pat McAfee show and form a coherent sentence, then maybe his brain actually is powerful because <laughs> this 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 just makes no sense. I, I don't understand, like, these people who get so much money and they're so bored that they start turning into, like, you know, I'm gonna cosplay being a prisoner of war in like 1973. <laughs> like, I, I don't. It, it it makes no sense. And i honestly, if I I here's how I feel about the Aaron Rodgers thing. He he's he's set to make like what close to 50 million dollars a year on his contract. Yep. Bro, like if you need to if you need to go hide in a dark hole for four days to figure out if you want to pick up your contract that pays you 50 million dollars per year. Just retire because your heart can't be in it that much. (laughs) If this is the excruciating details that you have to put yourself through just to say yes to $50 million, just go home. Go home and save us all the trouble and yourself the trouble too because it's not healthy to sit in a dark room for four days and have someone just drop you food and drugs.
0: (laughs) I want him here in Las Vegas so badly now. I want (laughs) him to be the quarterback here so much. It's going to be a great year. He
3: wouldn't make it to training camp. He wouldn't make it to training camp, okay? And it's not even like the normal Vegas stuff where it's like, uh-oh, someone was doing drugs with the stripper at 4 o'clock in the morning and they missed practice. He would invent, like, some, some whole new thing. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers found a, a tribe of people that lives in the mountains <laughs> overlooking the Strip, and he's been living there for a week and all he's been eating is sticks and cactus. Like, w- w- what 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 are we doing here? Aaron, if you listen to this, are you okay? Like, this has gone beyond the, the, the scale of, like, You're trying to do some truth-seeking stuff. Are you okay? Because this makes no sense. And Look, I will say this. As someone who has tried a a lot of psychedelics, (laughs) the last thing you want to do is stick yourself in a dark hole for four (laughs) days when you're doing that (laughs) stuff. Okay? You're going to have a bad time.
0: (laughs) He is Charles McDonald. Follow him on Twitter at 4Verts. Uh, Charles, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks, Charles.
3: All right. Talk to you guys next week.
0: So there's Charles McDonald (laughs) on the Super Bowl and... Aaron Rodgers coming out of a hole. He's in it right now, right? He started on. Yes. Did he start on Monday or did he start today? I
1: thought it was after. It was going to be after the Super Bowl. Yeah, but it, I, I could mean, be. who knows when he would start it? Hell, he probably. Know. He's probably like ah, after the Super Bowl. I meant in April, guys. Yeah. Come on. What, Would
0: you think I was doing it right away? Come on, McAfee. So I hope he's in it right now, and I, I'm fascinated to see what his first public words, what his are
1: words will be when after he emerges. It's like,
0: hey, I'm back, guys. I hope he just comes out and just Las says. Las Vegas. He just says one, yeah, one word. What and he it's just says next team. Raiders. <laughs> All right. Coming up next here on ESPN, Las Vegas, the greatest rule in baseball history is here to stay.
2: Rebound, Jalen Tyson. That'll do it. Good night, Texas. The Red Raiders have won. 74 67. Upset City Lubbock. Sports man, you never know. Back to the Finley Toyota Studios for Granny and Bischoff on the press box. What I just enjoyed the call.
0: Sports man. Yeah. What happened? Did, did they just upset Texas, or did uh... something more
1: dramatic than that happen? I think Texas they just. Beat, I think they just beat Texas. Oh, okay. Beat Chris Beard's team. Yeah. Well, well no. Well,
0: well. <laughs> uh, I just normally you're like sports man. You never. You, that's normally like. Somebody got out of the hospital and led Texas Tech to a yeah. win or something like that. Not like, ah, oh, we just knocked off
1: a top 10 team. Oh, well. Um, all right. Do you ever League watch League. the Big 12 and see their last place team and say they could beat anyone in the Mountain West? <laughs> yes. I always do that. I just, like watch those games
2: like that team could beat anybody in the Mountain West. They're all really they're, good. <laughs> There's genuinely like a delight. Like one of the things I enjoyed about watching. The Raiders play and then watching another team, like watching the Chargers play, I'm like, man, that's like a minor league team compared to them. The Mountain West is like watching a high school team. When you see the Big 12, you're like, man, those guys are good. All right. They're really
0: tall. So in the Big 12 uh, by Ken Palmerinks, two team, their two worst teams are Texas Tech and Oklahoma. They're 63 and 64. Yeah. Everybody else in that conference is top 30. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. West Virginia is four and nine in the Mountain West. In the Big Twelve. They're or excuse me, in the Big Twelve.
1: They're twenty fourth in Ken Pom. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's all you need to know. You watch those Big Twelve games, like those guys are just different levels. Is West Virginia gonna go to the NCAA tournament? I mean, has anyone not gone to those twenty four in Ken Pom? That's a
0: good question. Maybe it's usually happened once or twice. I think usually you're thirty in Ken you got a pretty good shot. The problem is, is they might like be 25 and Ken Palm and like 16 and 15. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then the big 12 tournament, if they go one and done, they're going to be 16 and 16. will <laughs> be a top 30 team in the country. <laughs> exactly. you know,
1: like,
0: I guess they're a seven seed. in the NCAA. <laughs> Their seed in the NCAA tournament is going to be better than their seed in the big 12 <laughs> exactly. tournament. So yeah, big 12. That's a fun conference. And guess, uh, they might add Gonzaga to it in the future. They are adding Houston, who's one of the best teams in the country, which by the way, also on college basketball. Maybe I say this every year in the middle of February. Who's good?
1: Oh. Uh, Big 12. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: so Ed's got a conference. Like I'll take a conference. Like it just feels team. like if you were to pick, uh, like
0: if
2: you yeah, were to like say, right
1: now, are you going to say, oh, Alabama's going to win the national right. championship and they're and like, like number one in the country?
0: They're good. Yeah, and I, I
1: like their coach. They shoot a lot of threes. Like
0: I like Alabama, but I'm just like I don't. Then, no. That doesn't feel like oh yeah Alabama. Nobody certainly.
2: feels like the team, right? And like even not the Duke and our North Carolina of years previous, right? Like where you're like oh that's just yeah. There's no are the Kentucky team that's hasn't right. lost. Yeah, there's no team like that. And maybe I've said that before in the past,
0: but it just very much feels like there's no team that's like there's no team where you can be like oh they're absolutely a Final Four yes. team. right. Which in the past I feel like we've been not all, none of that team doesn't always get there because it's March Madness and it's great and there's upsets, but. I feel like in the past and on Valentine's Day, you'd you've say, had a couple teams. Yeah, so there's you're like, one oh, or two it'll teams. Be surprised if they don't yeah. get there. And this year, it's like maybe like Purdue, like Gonzaga of last year. Who did who did I watch Purdue lose to? I can't remember who they lost to. Not North- the Northwestern. It was before the Northwestern game. And Purdue losing in the final minute was like burning ten seconds to throw it into the post. And like, listen, I know Eddie's really good. Well, that guy's
1: nine feet tall.
0: But you're losing in the final minute. You can't burn 10 seconds right. to move the ball around the perimeter him. Right. for him to seal his man right. to get a post up. like I'm like, there's no way I'm picking Purdue to win because if they get behind, they're losing the game. Not any really good. All right. Fun part about baseball. The best rule that I've ever implemented is going to stay. The ghost runner at second. Yeah is now the a permanent rule. rule, softball rule. So, they put it in in the covid season in 2020 as a way to say, "Hey, we we don't need you guys playing for 27 innings here." Um so 2019 was the last year without the ghost runner rule, putting a runner on second to start the 10th inning. In 2019, there were 37 MLB games that went at least 13 innings. Last year, there were only 11 games yes. to go 13 innings. There were no regular season baseball games that went past 15 innings last year. So, no, the rule works in that games do not go as long as they usually do. And I like the rule because it makes extra innings more exciting. Yeah. A lot of people that like baseball hate the rule, namely Adam Candy. (laughs) As soon as I saw this yesterday, I texted it to Adam Candy. And his response was, I'm surprised it took you this long to send it. (laughs) (laughs) He saw the news and went, oh, God, Bischoff's going to text this to me. (laughs) Um, The other rule change that Major League Baseball put in yesterday is about position players pitching. A team in the lead can only use a position player when they are winning by 10 runs. And a team that is losing can only use a position player when they are losing by eight or more runs. And then either team can do it an extra inning. So if you actually do run out of pitchers in a game, you can go to your shortstop.
1: Is but, this, over, this overthinking the room? Okay. What? My first thought on this
0: was, why would you ever say you can't have a position? Why player would you pitch, care? Right? Like it doesn't. No. No team is putting a position player in because they think it helps them win. No. They're doing it to save arms. It's it's good for you know the health and safety of pitchers because you don't burn their yeah. arm as much. But the amount of position players that are pitching have exploded over the last couple of years because teams realize, oh, we're down by six or seven in the ninth. I'm not using an actual reliever. Where's my left fielder? Get in there and pitch, right? I'm not burning a reliever for this game. And the reason I did a full circle back to, oh, I actually think this is a good rule. There were too many position players pitching last year. It wasn't as fun. It wasn't as uh, unique. I think it's pretty funny to watch. It is, but we saw it. You see it every week last year. Yeah. Every every week a team is losing by six or seven and they say, hey. No, I know
1: the Dodgers did it a few times. <laughs> we're putting in a
0: random position player. Whereas this will make it a little bit more rare and we'll get to appreciate it a little bit more when a position player comes in pitch. So while I do think the general idea of the rule is stupid, I think it's going to make it a little bit more fun. It's It's the same conversation we had about like no hitters. I was like ah, right. we having right. too many no hitters. Right. It's not fun anymore. It's not this uh, mystique anymore. Yeah. Same type of conversation. Once you see a position player pitch every week, you're like, yeah, who cares? But now, if we get like one a month, guy gets up there and throws it in at 42 miles an hour. The old uh, the old uh, lob pitch. Yeah, Eusephus. Who did um? Who did Freddie Bryant swing and miss against? Chris uh, Freddie Freeman swung and miss against Chris Bryant, right? Or do right. I have that backwards? Either way, one of them, they're good friends. They pitched no, no. to one of them, pitched to the other.
1: No, Freddie Freeman swung.
0: Yeah, swung and took a huge hack on a Chris Bryant, <laughs> yeah. like 40 mile an yeah. hour pitch and missed. That's a great moment. I don't want to see it every week, but
2: once a year, I'm in. I mean, it's just the nice part about a moment like that is you see baseball players smiling, not MFing one another right. while running the bases. Right. So, oh, hey, something that makes the players happy. Who was it? I think it was Ronald Acuna. Uh, I don't want to sign it to the wrong
0: player. Somebody hit a walk-off home run in the Venezuelan League over the winter and took 40 seconds to get the first base. <laughs> <laughs> he did a whole like pelvic chop when he got there, too, to the opposing <laughs> dugout. He's great.